The wall was in shadow, dark and impenetrable. She narrowed her eyes, trying to pierce the gloom, unafraid even at this hour. The convent had a zealously guarded reputation for security, which was why so many noble families sent their daughters there. She heard a muted thud, then another, then in a flurry of thumps, a body slid and tumbled from high on the wall, missing the edge of the cloister roof, to land sprawled at her feet. Elena stared. It didn't occur to her to shriek. Why shriek? The man, a very tall, broad-shouldered man, was unquestionably a gentleman. Even in the uncertain moonlight she could make out the sheen of his silk coat, the gleam of a jewel in the lace at his throat. Another, bigger gleam adorned one finger of the hand he slowly raised to push back the locks that had pulled free of his queue to fall across his chiselled features. He lay as he'd landed, half-propped on his elbows. The position displayed his chest to advantage. His hips were narrow, his legs long, with well-muscled thighs clearly delineated under satin knee-bridges. He was lean and large. His feet were, too, encased in black pumps with gold buckles. The heels were not high, confirming her guess that he had no need to add to his height. Although he'd landed on the stone path, he'd managed to slow his fall. Other than a few bruises, she doubted he'd hurt himself. He didn't look hurt. He looked aggravated, disenchanted, but wary, too. He was watching her intently, doubtless waiting for her to scream. He could wait. She hadn't finished looking. Sebastian felt as if he'd fallen into a fairy tale fallen at the feet of an enchanted princess. It was her fault he'd fallen. He'd looked down, searching for his next foothold, and seen her step from the shadows. She'd lifted her face to the moonlight. He'd stared, forgotten what he was doing, and slipped. His coat had fallen open. Beneath the thrown-back flap, he shifted his hands, fingers searching the folds. He located the earring he'd come there to get, still safe in his pocket. Fabien de Mordant's family dagger was now his. Another wild wager, another crazy exploit to add to his tally, another victory, and an unexpected encounter. Some deeply buried instinct, long dormant, raised its head, recognized the moment, paid it due heed. The girl, she was surely no more than that, stood watching him calmly, studying him with an assurance that shouted her station more surely than the fine lace at the neck of her demure night-rail. She had to be one of the convent's high-born charges, still here for some reason. Slowly, as smoothly as he could, he got to his feet. Mille pardon, mademoiselle. He saw one dark, finely arched brow quirk, her lips full but unfashionably wide, relaxed fractionally. Her hair unrestrained, cascaded about her shoulders, wavy locks dead black in the moonlight. I didn't mean to frighten you. She didn't look frightened. She looked like the princess he'd thought her, supremely assured, faintly amused. He straightened to his full height, but slowly. She was a small woman. He towered over her. Her head didn't reach his chin. She looked up at him, the moon lit her face. 
There was no trace of concern in her pale eyes, large under their hooded lids. Her long lashes laid a faint tracery of shadows over her cheeks. Her nose was straight, patrician. Her features confirmed her birth, her likely station. Her attitude was one of calm expectation. He should, he supposed, introduce himself. Diable le fou! he whirled. A clamour of voices spilled into the night, shattering the stillness. Flares sprang to life at the end of the cloister. He stepped off the path, sliding into the shadow of a large bush. The princess could still see him, but he was hidden from the noisy crowd hurrying up the path. She could point him out in an instant, direct the guards his way. Elena watched a bevy of nuns approach at a run, habits flapping wildly. Two gardeners were with them, both brandishing pitchforks.